For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Prevention 365 podcast series. Prevention is every day and every way. Today, we reach another milestone in this podcast series as we open a new series called What It Means to Love. And for today, we are so honored to have with us one of our key figures in the development unit of ADAP, our development associate, editor of our RISE paper, Ms. Rahima Shah-Fidmont. Good morning, Rahima. Good morning, Carol. It's so nice to see you today. Yes, Rahima, for our pilot episode, we would go by the title, Love Unconditionally. My first question to you, Rahima, is that in our society, in the society that we live in, where women play multiple roles and multiple burdens, can you share with us how unconditional love play in this picture, in this collage for you? Thank you, Carol. I love this question uh, that you are asking because it just cannot only apply to one person. This will apply to, um, I definitely think, and I hope many of the women who are listening, both, um, you know, women of our age groups and even younger, and I hope even the men. So uh, looking forward to getting into that as well. Uh, unconditional love, um, you know, for, um, for both men and women. Um, I got some input from my husband, which was actually very interesting yesterday. In terms of, uh, you know, the many roles that, that I play also as a woman, and many of us do. Uh, in the answer to my question, you know, it, it's such a it's such a, a deep and complex question that you're asking. But there is one thing that I can narrow it down to to start is that we look for, and there must be an aim for balance. It's very true uh, in nature as we know it, as we experience it. Nature, it lives and breathes and even dies for balance, right? The moment that nature is out of a balance, you can see, we can see, and we're living. Uh, some of us have experienced it, of, uh, unfortunately, firsthand, the complications that begin and they manifest. So with unconditional love and in you know the many uh, pockets of my area, both that it could be personally, uh, it could be professionally, um, um, goals that I have, you know, for my present life, as well as even obviously goals that I have for my future. Unconditional love is almost key because it provides that balance in all of these areas. Um, I wanted to talk about um, one issue in terms of you know, and, and it even has uh, applied to my my own work life. Uh, but talking about um, that concept that I have mentioned to you, Carol, about healing relations, it's extremely important uh, for me and in the roles, the many hats that I wear. So in healing relations, I, I also want to define that. Um, and I also want to define this this 
term we're using of unconditional love, I think that's important for the listeners and viewers to know. First, uh, let, let's let's start with the definition. Um, I think, as we both agree, Carol, of what unconditional love is, and simply put, unconditional love is loving without any strings attached. It's when you offer your love freely and you give it to someone wanting nothing in return, you see. And that's extremely um, compassionate, right? Compassionate love. And when, when I talk about then this unconditional love is, and as it applies to what I have mentioned about healing relations and you know, to the many hats that I wear as a woman in this society, right? Um, it's about uh, making the efforts exactly, I mean, literally to heal the relations that I have. So for example, in work, we work with a lot of people at ADAP. It's not only clients, we work with community members, we work with one another. Um, many times, <clears throat> because we are, um, you know, substance rehab preventative prevention agency, um, we also work with um, family members within not only our own circle, but our client base as well. So, you know, that's, we, we, deal, with, we deal with a lot of people. We deal with a lot of hearts, right? We deal with a lot of um, a lot of issues, and when you work with so many people, you know you can't expect to be like robotic, right? So sometimes things may not go as smoothly as you want them to, and you see that's not only that doesn't only happen in a, a person's personal life; that can happen in many areas. And as a woman, we really juggle so many things, right? men do as well women have but in this case you know as we're talking about women have um many hats that we wear so for me in terms of dealing with people i have found it almost almost mandatory um to have this uh, uh exercise almost that i do of healing relations and that you know it, it encourages me also to have a place of accountability and acceptance and even a, a, some place of peace because this, this, you know, this action of healing relations doesn't always work, right? You can have good intentions. You can have very good actions. Sometimes they aren't received that way. Sometimes they may not be exercised always in the best way. But when you, when, when I have unconditional love, that leaves a place, Carol, of always um, having a place in my heart that there's always like an open, there's always an open pocket for the person that I love unconditionally, even if things don't work out the best, because sometimes they can't. Sometimes they don't, we're human, right? We're not perfect all the time. So, um, you know, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to answer your question in that way because it kind of covers all of those bases, all of those hats that I wear as a woman that um, I won't say that can be exhausting. I don't like to use that. I actually see it as, um, you know, I like to use the word, it's my blessing. Um, in every in every hardship, not only will there be some ease, but there is a blessing in that. There is a lesson in it to be learned. And I really find that when I insert unconditional love into, you know, the my multiple roles, Carol, um, there is almost um, there is there is almost a a peace that can be reached and in in its own right some kind of success as well and uh, i find that uh, really beneficial and um you know i i i'm hoping um it was able to communicate that to you and clearly you know if you could see me there is a smile in my face. 
as you're discussing the response to my first question, Rahima, especially the part that, you know, you mentioned about healing relations. And that is in the multiple roles that women play in this society, we have different degrees and different levels of relationship, but we cannot be sure that these relationships will all work. That is right. And so healing relations is important. It comes into the picture. It is essential. It is essential. And when you say healing relations, and you mention about it enables you to open a space in your heart always. And that is when unconditional love comes in, or that is when unconditional love takes place, you know, or is experienced. Absolutely. You said it perfectly, Rahima. You said it perfectly in a way that is understood, you know. I mean, opening up a space always in the heart that is unconditional love, especially in relationships that don't work all the time. That's right. Or maybe challenging. There are, um, there can be several reasons. I mean, in, in relation to, for example, Carol, what we, you know, what we do as an agency here, right? We can bring it to our home base here. Yeah. Um, let's say, let's say you're dealing with someone who has challenges with um, alcohol addiction or drug addiction. Um, that's a very uh, difficult issue uh, that again, many of us uh, know about that's close to home, either in our own time when we were kids or maybe when we became adults. Uh, it's, as we know, uh, alcohol and um, drug abuse is, is so prevalent. Mm-hmm. Many times also it's hidden. Mm-hmm. Yes. People will not come to terms with it. And yep. not just the addict themselves, the family, right? People who are close to the person. So, you know, it can range from not only, again, um, from what we do here, but you here at the agency, but you can really spread it out even further. There, is, there are lots of, um, there's lots of challenging uh you know relationships that it can be um it can be racial it can be cultural it can be religious yes. where we have a lot of anger judgment ego yeah. hate yeah well, let's turn on uh let's turn on the news and it's all over the place yes it's all over the place politically right yeah, um, I'm not going to go into that. Democrats, Democrats versus Republicans <laughs> and independents. No, I refuse. I refuse to bring that here to our podcast. That is not love. That is not unconditional love. No, it's not unconditional love. And you know, in some forums, in some forums, I can hear certain people in my ear saying, "There is no room for it." You see, um, I tend to disagree. I tend to disagree because there is always room. There is always room for some communication, which is also what we discussed, that that is a big component of what unconditional love is. When you peel off the anger, when you peel off the tension and the ego, really what you are left with, it is sheer love. It's sheer unconditional care that look, I want this other person, I want them to be okay. I want them to be happy. Yes, you know, the person to be okay, the person to be happy, the relationship to heal and to prosper. That's right. And then peeling off, 
peeling off the negative, uh, the negative emotions, hate, anger. So what is left? A space in your heart. And that is unconditional love. That is unconditional love. And it's not always, um, it doesn't always happen maybe the next day, but like truth prevails, that's a motto we all know. The truth pre- will prevail. The truth will always prevail. Unconditional love also is what conquers hate. It conquers anger. It's, it is what is under all of those negative layers that a lot of us have as human beings. Um, and it's a condition, you know, on some level, I believe, Carol, is learned. Yeah. Uh, which is why... Since I was a child, I have always loved children. Why? Because children are pure. When they come into this life, right, from their mother and their father, or their father and their mother, or uh, or their uh, father and their father, or their mother and their mother, um, families, when they hold their baby, that baby is so pure. And the and the expressions and the love and the even you know the cries that they express and the um, um, distaste they express it's sheer with sheer purity and many times you know we say we learn from each other as adults I've I've always believed really first we can we learn from the children the children will tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. Is that not the case, Carol? Is that your, must be your experience as well. Your children will tell you the truth. Yeah, because children don't lie. They don't. Right? <laughs> they don't. They don't. It, it, as it you've is, said, that's right. they're pure. They're pure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, you know, to bring, to bring it back, though, to, you know, your question of, of the multiple roles then, you know, we develop as we become adults. Going back to that memory that I also have is from when my own childhood, right? And to the children that I've loved through their childhood, it has always, again, it leads me back to that state of unconditional love and applying it to all the different roles that I have now as as a woman. Yeah. So, I mean, taking into consideration the flow of our discussion, I can only say, and this is my realization as we move on with this conversation, is that unconditional love is a lifelong goal. Absolutely. It's very fluid. Yeah. And it evolves. It 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 evolves. evolves. It evolves. As we experience living in this society. That's right. And, and living, obviously, with each other, the people we love, some people that may not love us. It's all very key. There's a reason um, for all those interactions, for all those joining of the hearts and the souls, no matter how uh, unified they are or even divisive. Yeah. Very important. Very important to recognize. Yeah, not only divisive, but diverse. Diverse. Diverse, right? Yeah, yeah, diverse, yeah. So I think that's a perfect segue to my next question, Rahima. So let's move on now to discuss, especially that we are working in an agency that is dedicated to serve society in order to bring it to wellness and health, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. So let's move on. And the, it's the 50th year. We are, yes. the agency is here for half a century serving, serving communities. So yes. let's move on now to discuss health and wellness, you know, yes. how unconditional love can take people on a path to health and wellness. And I would be, 
I would truly appreciate it if you can, uh, if you can respond to this question. Of course, uh, sharing your experiences as well. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, um, another motto that I, I can't help it, I love it, but um, health, it is wealth. It is wealth. Our health is, um, is really the key to our productivity. It really is. Um, but so is, um, so is the failure of health as well. And it can drive a person to be an example, hopefully, of their better self. Mm-hmm. As a as a citizen of of this world, <laughs> as a citizen of this world, um, you know. Granted, I never fulfilled my uh, first passion. One of my first passions. I had a few, still have them. But one of my first passions actually still comes out today. I'm actually my best. I personally think I'm my best nurse, and I could probably be a very good nurse to others. Um, my wellness is, um, is, has actually also been driven by my own, it's very powerful, Carol, actually my own unconditional love as well. Um, because uh, as health is wealth, um, for me, um, my health has not been picture perfect Mm -hmm. uh, as I became an adult um, around my childbearing years and um, not becoming a doctor, right? Where doctors like our beloved Dr. Yelba, who does so much for not only our ADAP clients, but for the community being a doctor at UCLA, um, you know, she's, she, She brings on, Dr. Yelba, the doctors that we all know, they bring on, they attempt to bring on the community to a place of better health, right? Mm -hmm. They they encompass others, right? That's their job as a doctor. For me, for me, as as a citizen of this world, as what has come to happen, I am also my, I've become my, I've had to become my own nurse, Carol. Um, my unconditional love actually fits in with my own health and wellness because I have had to focus on, I've had to start with the self. You see, I've had to start with the self. Um, ultimately, ultimately, we can see this in this COVID a 19 pandemic time, mm-hmm. ultimately we do as we want. I had mentioned this to you before, right? We do as we want. I'm talking about, I'm saying more as a society, as, as, as a community as whole. We have information and I'll go back to why I say that I choose to start with the self, but I just want to talk about this in a, and again, in a general way um, that in terms of you know, this time of, that we're in a very, a very, it is, it's a very novel time for a lot of us. Um, my husband was saying he's never seen this in his life before. My own mother-in-law's never seen this kind of time that we're in. Uh, this has happened before, time of 1918. Yeah. Many of us weren't around at that yes. time. All of us. <laughs> yeah. A lot of us. There are a few who are left. Uh, yeah. My 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 husband's dear grandmother she lived through that time uh-huh. and um but a lot of them are are no longer here with yeah. us now so this is a very novel time for us and we can see that just the 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 subject which is very still very sensitive of the covid vaccine a lot of us do what we want there our absolute scientific recommendations for us to have a vaccine to protect us against the the virus and the many uh, mutations that are following. There's still a good population um, that choose not to do it for their reasons, right? So 
for, for why I bring that up is because, you know, um, for me, with my own challenges, um, and I think even uh, rewards that I have had in terms of when it's come to my, you know, own wellness and my own health, Carol, starting with the self has been key because I am able, ultimately, I've found, you know, I can share the information with others. I get information from others. Um, but when I narrow it down, it has come down to that. Um, I have to, I have to watch and assess and heal myself first. It's so important. And I have done that actually, um, I've done that not only with my medical team, um, that have been really like, I don't have any other word, but like they're godsends to me. There are other angels that I've come into contact with on my journey on this earth plane and uh, they guide me um, and we exchange information. I just don't lay back and say, you know, um, do as you will. <laughs> we actually have conversations. So I educate myself um, and we, we discuss it. Um, I, I am actually my own advocate as well. So, you know, that kind of experience it can, it, I tell you, it can only, its source can only be from unconditional love because ultimately what the doctors want, and they tell me that, Rahima, we want the best for you, right? They say yeah. that. And doctors tell us that. That's yes. like me. Yeah. Any of us who go to a doctor's appointment, for whatever it could be, the doctor will ultimately, hopefully, their point and message is going to be, Carol, we want the best for you. Yeah. Okay, so and so we want you to be in your best state of health. And this is what we have to offer. So, um, you know, when I go to my appointments, um, you know, that kind of wellness that's achieved, it's not only though through those medical appointments, I also achieve my wellness and health through my own exercises that I do. I used to go to the gym, Carol, I used to lift weights, um, I used to have my, you know, my my awesome um, uh, exercise partner Sherry at the time. We were always over there at Bally's. Um, that was like, you know, I had started in high school actually, uh, doing lifting, you know, light weights, and then I went on to doing cross country running through all through high school. Loved it. Um, may our coach Latham rest in eternal peace. He was amazing. Uh, we would run down San Vicente, and you know, just that kind of unison. Uh, us, you know, would be the ladies, we would all run together, the girls, and it would be like, it, I could almost um, measure it to Carol, like, you know, when you're in the army and they do left, right, left, yeah. right. And so we would have that rhythm while we would run down San Vicente. So, you know, my, the health and wellness is also, again, how that's evolved over the years, what I've been able to manage um, through the years and how it's also changed. I mean, before I would do a different kind of marathons. Now I have, you know, resided happily to doing 5Ks. Um, I love doing them with ADAP, with our team AMP. And, you know, if it's um, not running them, I will fast walk my 5K now. But that adds to, you know, my total, my holistic health and wellness, right? That again comes with unconditional love, being easy upon myself, not judging myself, saying that, oh man, which it was the case. My physique was nuts before. You know, it's just what it was at the time. Now there are different changes with the condition that I have had to come to accept, Carol. And so I still work with it though. That doesn't mean that I cannot achieve my own wellness and my own health to the best ability that is possible, you see. And that comes with a lot of, um, still for me, again, I'm personalizing that. That comes with um, some forgiveness. It comes with um, definitely my own research. It comes with also working with my medical teams and, um, it comes with also just having some pure pleasure 
right? Of mm -hmm. um, wanting to have and hold on to the good health that thankfully, um, almost to some level, ironically, <laughs> I still have. And, you know, um, still even we're human, we can lie, but the blood will not lie. Your blood work cannot lie. The blood work will tell everything, right? Yes, that's so, science, right? <laughs> science will tell it all. Yes, <laughs> and so true science. That's right, the true science, right? Because there's yeah. also lots of fraud science, you know? <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to again go into that. Yeah. But, um, you know, so, so to, to say all of that, to say all of that, it, it was a, a bit, um, you know, during during this time when um, health is so key, uh, cleanliness is so key. God bless my grandmother for teaching me that way before COVID was around. Even though uh, flus and viruses were all expressions of another kind of, um, I believe, so my husband was was telling me was another kind of COVID viruses. Right? She knew, but this was back in the 80s when I was growing up, Carol, she would tell me, uh, wash your hands, you just touched the doorknob. I said, what? You know, and I'm so, I, I'm so um, upset that I would like turn my face up at her like that and snarl because I was like, what are you talking about? Um, you know, but she knew, she knew at that time, having hardly high school education, being um, to me, the best housewife, the best wife around um, that I was able to be raised by, right? My, my grandparents, Carol. But she had taught me um, about health and wellness also um, way before COVID-19 was even present and hitting the ground and hitting all of us. And um, so, you know, again, um, she was that best expression of unconditional love and therefore of also health and wellness. And um, it really does, it starts, again, for me, it starts with the self, uh, taking control and ownership of what you can do, of what you've done through the day, of how you take accountability for it. And, and, and that, in that taking care of yourself, we ultimately take care of others around us. We take care of others who we work with, others who we live with, others who we may see from time to time, but who we always have that very strong um, connection to. And um, it's really powerful uh, to, to choose to start with the self, because as you focus on that, as I focus, as I'll own it. As I focus on that, I'm also focusing on the, all the ones that I love around me. You made some breakthrough statements, Rahima. Indeed, these are breakthrough statements. You know why? Isn't it that when we speak about unconditional love, commonsensical, traditional, conventional, Orthodox concepts of unconditional love will always relate to others, giving love to others. And it may even be construed or misconstrued to be just, you know, within the scope of the romantic, romantic sense, right? Right, right. Yes, but rarely and you open it up. You made a breakthrough statement, Rahima, that unconditional love should start. And the capacity to give unconditional love starts with loving yourself. Absolutely. That, I think, is a breakthrough statement. And that is one major contribution of this podcast to the realm of, you know, experiences and concepts and ideas and perspectives on unconditional love. And thank you for that, Rahima. Thank you for being honest, being transparent, and being so wise. Oh, 
I don't know if I can take that all. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Why is it? Ah, oh, maybe meet me in about 30 more years. I will truly be wiser then. <laughs> but we've established that it's a process. It's a process. Unconditional love is a lifelong goal. It is. It right? is a lifelong goal and journey. 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 But you know what, Carol? You have to be on it. You have to want to take, I believe this, okay? You have to want to take that path. And I will say this, uh, talking about transparency, um, I was not always on that path to be unconditionally loving. Um, I'm sure I have had already. As of recently, I know moments where I wasn't probably able to express it totally. I'm human, you know, and um, you can see that comes with some pain because it's not that, but it's not about wanting to be perfect. It's about wanting, Carol, I have the biggest goal is that to stay in my heart. You see, when I stay out of my heart, there has been ego, I know, I'm sure, that has come in. There's been fear. Fear is probably the bigger thing for me. I've had fear. Um, <clears throat> fear has come in, even though I, I find and I think myself to be very spiritual. I've been that since I was, I believe, very young. Um, my grandparents, my family had a lot to do with that um, in my upbringing, but also just the way I, I feel, I feel... God blew into me in that way. I've had it since I was little. And, but it wasn't always that same path, you know, that I stayed on. I have had my own detours. So coming back to that path was really like, ah, oh, a breath of fresh air for me because um, I was off my kilter kind of thing, you know? And um, I think I was, I was, uh, I'm sure I was hurting. I was searching and that's very human also. Um, but coming back to the path of wanting to love unconditionally and wanting to love unconditionally and um, wanting to stay in my heart is, I almost have to, breathe that and live that. I have to be in that space to almost survive. The moment I'm off of that and I'm not in my heart, I notice there are very big problems and it expresses itself in my life. Um, and obviously I think around those who are also around me. Um, you know, I, I, I did want to bring up something because I'm a visual person too. And maybe some of the listeners and viewers are visual people as well. Um, I do it through aud auditory as well, but I'm very visual. And, you know, when I started traveling with my family, Carol, I, I just want to bring this one part up in relation to your second question um, of, um, you know, the health and wellness and how I believe it, it does, you know, again, for me, it started with self. When I was young, um, you know, I started traveling very, very young. Um, my father is Malaysian, and so we would go back home to Malaysia uh, when I was when I was a toddler. Actually, I think it started. Um, but as I got older, and obviously I, you know, was able to um, converse. Right? Um, they when they would stay on the airplane, uh, if you know, there's a lack of oxygen, what would drop down? The oxygen mask would drop down and they would direct my, my parental or guardian, you know, grandparent figure who was there with me to administer the oxygen to themselves first, right? And as a child, always, always precocious. Um, I was just, that is what it was. And um, so I was like, why, why? do they get the oxygen first and then administer to your child? My auntie actually brought this up recently too. We were discussing some other topic, but it is so powerful because that actually um, to me relates to 
you know, my answer I gave to your question here, Carol, you know, the adult is supposed to administer first to themselves. Why? They administer first to take oxygen for themselves so that they will have the ability to then administer to whom? To their child. So that if you don't have oxygen, how in the world do you expect to save anybody else, even the closest of our kin, which is our own child? So that was so powerful for me to really uh, absorb that when I was a child, that first the adult must administer to themselves first, and then will be time for the child to receive the care. And so, you know, how, what a powerful visual, what a powerful visual that is, as we hear the emergency sound going on uh, around us when we're discussing this. Yeah. It's powerful to save your life. My God, you have to start with yourself first. Yes, breakthrough statement, breakthrough statement, uh, Rahima. You know, I mean, I, I think not too many people, in fact, not too many, many, or I would say almost a traditional concept of unconditional love excludes the self. <laughs> they think I have to take care of everybody, yes. which we can do as women. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I'll do that 24-7. But yeah. there, there is a place where you have to, it's like, in, you know, in English, we, we say, we have to breathe in, breathe out. Yes. Say, Let me remember one important person who I think I'm neglecting, <laughs> which is myself. So, yes. You know, let me just share with you um, my short conversation with, uh, uh, with one of our clients Please. who is into recovery. Please, yes. And he said that, uh, you know, uh, the first session that he had with one of our counselors, that was, he, he thought was the most memorable. Mm -hmm. It's because I think yeah. the counselor uh, asked him, the first question the counselor asked him was that, give me about five things that you think deserve your love mm. or the five things that you love. Okay. And then he, he started saying, enumerating families, yes. you For know, sure. even pets, you know. Sure. <laughs> You know, and then um, the boyfriend, the girlfriend, you know, and then I think it was already on his fourth, uh, you know, on, on, on the, the fourth item. And then the counselor interrupted him and saying, what about yourself? Don't you love yourself? And then that really somehow... I mean, it, it was a eureka moment for him. Sure. Yes. And suddenly, yeah, I never thought of it, he said. I never thought of myself. As part of that equation. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's powerful. That's a powerful revelation I'm sure he had through, our, through one of our counselors. Yeah. The self. And that is what would bring us to the path to health, wellness, substance abuse prevention. Yes. Right? That's right. Yeah, powerful. Yeah. Mi prima. Oh, that's how I call you. Mahima. <laughs> we can't oh. help it. That's no. happened after almost yes. years of knowing each other. <laughs> yeah. 
it's becoming really personal. We're, and we're giving a lot of ourselves. We're giving a lot of ourselves. We're giving out a lot of ourselves, sharing a lot of ourselves to our audience, right? <laughs> As we move on with this uh, podcast, with this discussion, you know. So, Rahima, my third question is, given your life experiences, could you share what I would call, I would call the outstanding ones that really gave you lessons in unconditional love? So, um, out of all the questions today, um, this one touches my heart especially so. I cannot uh, lie about that. Um, <clears throat> Carol, I have many examples in my life who have given me lessons in unconditional love. Uh, I, I will definitely emphasize that they know who they are and I know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that who we do not see knows who they are. And that's most important to me. Um, but I want to focus my answer on my uh, first and last force in this life, uh, who was my first, one of my first forces in my life who poured her unconditional love onto me. Uh, she is a real life example of unconditional love that I still believe is present in a different form. And that is my maternal grandmother, even my paternal grandmother, but because of our circumstances, I wasn't able to be close to her. Um, but my maternal grandmother, who um, she gave, really, she gave her life for her family. And uh, her name is Alia Ahmed. I refer to her as Amma, which Amma. in Urdu, mm -hmm, Amma. In Urdu means mother. Mother. Yeah. My mother. Uh, she 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 was my grandmother, but she presented unconditionally as my mother. And um, you know, when I was born, uh Thank God, you know, and of course my parents were there, but my grandparents were there. And as soon as my mother released me from her womb, which I was told I didn't want to leave, I, I had everything that I needed in the womb. <laughs> I was, it was hard for me to come out, but they got me out um, through C-section. Bless my, God bless my parents, God bless my mother. Um, my grandmother, held me and said, she is mine. Um, some mothers would not have that. Um, but just because I believe Carol, because of my kismet, the way my future was written, it was to be, and it was, I was hers. I was my grandparents. Um, you know, they didn't have legal. I came to find out later in my adult life. Um, I found out actually very early, you know, again, precocious. Yes, I was. Um, I found out very early. They did not even have legal custody of me, but they raised me, loved me, punished me. Um, um, everything with me as their own child. My grandparents. My grandmother... Um, you know, when I would go to school, um, I went to, I had, I think 
I mean, some of us all say that we had the best childhood. I say I have, I had the best childhood. I lived in beautiful, um, Southeast, uh, South, Southeast, South, Southeast Ohio, part, part of Ohio. Um, you know, born and raised mid Midwestern girl. And, mm -hmm. um, when I would go to school, meet my, my awesome friends at school, I had actually a very diverse group of friends, um, in Ohio, uh, Ohio university at the time was extremely diverse campus. I was raised in a university town and therefore the elementary school was extremely, you know, diverse as well. Um, almost actually when I started at ADAP, it, so uncanny it reminded me of my of my childhood um um but you know my grandfather was a professor was a professor he became chairman at ou um so you know i had very uh just very strong uh, kind of educational upbringing and when i would go to school my grandmother she was housewife and uh stayed at home and uh, when I would come home from school, she would wait for me. But she, she was, she was this kind of 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 motherly figure. She would have her face plastered up against the windows in our living room, uh, waiting for me to come off of the bus. You know, uh, I'm sure because safety issues, she wanted to make sure I came home. And you know, <clears throat> but why I bring that up is because. It was one of my first examples that I can recall um, where she was always there. Mm. And as I became, you know, a teenager, you know, Carol, things started happening, you know. Um, rebellion started to settle in, you know. But my grandmother, my God, and even my grandfather, no matter what headache I gave them, no matter what part of the twilight zone I was, you know, <laughs> growing into with all my, you know, uh, teenage hormones that were just sprouting <laughs> up to the top. And hey, I, I blame my parents for that. <laughs> um, you know, they were always there with love. Now, did that mean they didn't get angry at me? Of course not. Um, I would get threats if I didn't, you know, steady by my grandmother. She would threaten me that she would tell my grandfather when he would come back from teaching that she was going to give him the full report that I was sitting there watching cartoons or more, uh, Mark and Mindy, you know, and I would beg her, you know, beg her crying and pleading, please, please, please don't tell about that because it, it would be, you know, hell or high water if I didn't do my homework, if I wasn't doing my word processing, you know, at that time, WordStar had started and my grandfather had, you know, those large computers set up in the house. God bless his soul. Um, they were always there. So, you know, unconditional love is not all beautiful. It comes also to me with a lot of pain because, um, as a human, I cannot help but have my own regrets. Um, because they gave me such unconditional love, because my grandmother gave me such unconditional love and laid that upon me, even as I was growing up um, through some really hard times that I think I had as a young woman, um, she always exhibited forgiveness. She always, I could never measure to her. There would be no way. Even though my name, Carol, means my father gave me his mother's name, my grandmother's name, Rahima, which in our language means all forgiving and merciful. Um, I am not that. I am not that. Not compared to what my grandparents showed me and a lot of our family, a lot of our friends, very close family friends that we had, not only um, through the campus, but just through, you know, living. We have this, uh, they had established many close relations outside of the family. And, you know, like I mentioned at the beginning of our talk, we, you know, they had disagreements and things like that, but at the end of it all, they always exhibited their unconditional love upon everyone and they taught me that so i have some remnants of it within me because of them um 
but she was really Carol. She was the first very powerful force in my life that taught me unconditional love. And, and it came not again with pleasure, it came with pain. There was one story I wanna share with you um, that is always, it's like it's almost burned into my mind. Um, at our home, you know, he had my, my grandfather and grandmother got this beautiful home with two and a half acres of land that was like a playground for my friends and for me. And a beautiful green, he planted pine trees all around for privacy and for just the fragrance. And, um, you know, he was like, we have green thumbs in our family, right? Um, both on my mother's and my father's side. But anyhow, my grandparents really expressed that. And um, so we would have these, you know, obviously beautiful birds that would come into our yard. And there was a bird that was um, hurt and it was in the grass. And I remember my grandmother picked it up. She put it in a, one of our shoe boxes and we had this, you know, big garage and she cradled it in her hand and she was showing me how she was going to nurse it back to life, how she was going to nurse it back to health, right? And so she put it under a light and, you know, covered it with some kind of, um, you know, uh, a warm cover to keep it warm and attempted to feed it. And um, I can't exactly remember how I was, you know, I was in elementary school at the time, but it went on for, you know, a little, a little time for a few days. But to make the long story short, that bird that my grandmother showed me she rescued, and because I was always around her, you know, she didn't really even show me. She could not not show me. I was always there with her, everything she did. Um, eventually, it, it died. It didn't survive. And I, I remember at the time, you know, I thought, my God, my grandmother, you look so beautiful. And how she helped this, you know, lifeless, almost bird try to come back to life. But it failed. Not that she failed. Her efforts were to little avail. It was not, again, in that bird's fate to survive, right? And so, you know, that lesson that she, in her own way, showed me, gave to me, of unconditional love, it doesn't, again, you see, it comes back to that definition we shared at the beginning. There are no strings attached. You can't have that expectation. I give you this unconditional love of, to this bird, for example, in this case example, showing unconditional love. Therefore, it will be amazing and perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It will come sometimes with what we, de what we define as pain. It doesn't mean that it's bad though, you see. It's just, again, no strings attached it comes with a purity the intention is what is key what is what was my grandmother's intention in that action it was to give it life it was to revive it with her love unconditionally and when that didn't happen we buried it we did our prayer upon it and we had to we had to let it go with, again, that unconditional love, with that hope that her effort, you know, was accepted, was honored, um, and we had to let it be. So again, you know, it's so key, um, loving without any strings attached. And that is what my grandmother did for me. From the very beginning, she raised me, loved me with no strings attached. So. It was my blessing that actually the last day that I had with her, which was last year um, on July 24th, I'll never forget that day, the day when she was born and the day when she was gone from this earth plane, that I also, Carol, was able to be with her with no strings attached. Actually that day, um, I didn't know she was dying. I was told by her beautiful um, nurses who were taking care of her during hospice for two years actually we didn't know that Amma would last that long she did 
and um, um, she had stopped eating, you know, so we knew something was obviously off because we had never stopped eating all through life. <laughs> and um, but there was a point where it stopped for her. And when I had come in, I didn't really know. Maybe did I deny it? I don't think so. I think I had come to the point of to accept, but just, just to be there with her, like she was there with me, to never leave her side. And I, I want to emphasize, it wasn't in the way of, we can say how like, you know, when you have, um, what's that kind of unhealthy connection when it's, um, when it's, when like you can't do anything without the person. We didn't have that life, she and I. We did what we had to do in life. And we, I still continue to do what I have to do in my life even though she's not here with me in flesh and blood, you see. Mm -hmm. But on her last day that uh, we were together, I made sure to be there with her with as much joy as I could give her, to give her that peace, right? To give her that peace to release from here. Yes. There is a time for all of us, right? And, and when they say life is short, it is. We don't know what and what time we have, whether it's a long time or it's a short time. But that to me is relative. What we know is that we have one another. And that is why this expression, Carol, and this topic you have um, brought forward of, 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 uh, in your in your pilot episode of unconditional love is so vital because loving without any strings attached while we are here and even while we're not is is a big portion of the legacy you leave behind. Rahima, how could I summarize uh, such a powerful, you know, such powerful discussion. I can only think of words that that would live an imprint in the consciousness of our audience, our viewers and listeners. From the very start of the discussion, I've really heard words like journey, lifelong goal, you know, and uh, health, wellness that starts with self-love, you know, without strings attached. It is forgiving. It leaves always an open space in our hearts. And it gives life itself. Given the range of your experiences with your parents, with your grandparents, with your family. Your experience in seeing your grandmother tend to the bird that bespeaks of relationship with the environment, with nature. That you think, and that leaves you with an imprint on what unconditional love is. Absolutely. Yes. And thank you. Thank you for being our guest. Rahima. Thank you, Carol. Thank you so Thank much. you for sharing your philosophy, your perspective. Most of all, thank you for sharing a part of yourself that would allow our audience 
and that would even allow me to learn a lot about unconditional love. And with that, forever grateful to you, Rahima, for this episode, we bring to a close the very successful pilot episode of what it means to love. So I would encourage our listeners, our audience, to join us on Wednesdays for Prevention 365 Podcasts. We don't only have the love series or what it means to love series, but we try to, to touch on in a very comprehensive manner topics, issues that, I mean, that surround us, that we should, that we are confronted with, that needs to be discussed, reflected upon, and resolved as a society. So join us on Wednesdays on the Believe Network Prevention 365 podcast. We are also on Apple and Spotify. And Rahima, my guest, is also one of the hosts of Prevention 365 podcast series. And you can also find us on the ADAP YouTube channel, youtube.com slash A-A-D-A-P. That is A-A-D-A-P, Inc. People need people. Good day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.